Whether you're here in the room with us this morning or whether you're watching us online, it's great to have you with us. The joy of the Lord is our strength. Amen. This day and every day, it's raining outside. Maybe where you're watching us from, the sun is shining, and I hope that's the truth. Last week, we sang a brand new song. It might not have been brand new for everyone, but it talks about the hope that we have as living creatures of Jesus Christ. Because He is alive, He has made us alive. Amen? Would you stand with us this morning and let's sing this song together? Hallelujah. We thank you, Lord. the chasm that lay between us, how high the mountain I could not climb. In desperation, I turned to heaven and spoke your name into the night. Then through the
set you free through his son Jesus, would you say hallelujah? Hallelujah. Let's give him the highest praise. Hallelujah. Thank you Jesus. Oh, we love our Jesus, don't we? David said we should be thankful unto him and bless his name. Why? Because the Lord is good. His mercy is everlasting. His truth, it endureth to all Can you say all? All. That's all of us. All generations are blessed by our wonderful God and his son, Jesus. So hallelujah, Jesus. We thank God for Jesus who gives us the victory. Say victory. 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 Amen. That's a good word. God gave us that. And if we look in the scriptures in 1 John chapter 3, it tells us also that not only are we his creation, we are his children. And it tells us what God expects of us. I read as follows. See how very much our Father loves us, for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. But the people who belong to this world don't recognize that we are God's children because they don't know him. Dear friends, we are already God's children, but he has not yet shown us what we will be like when Christ appears. Folks, the best is yet to come. But we do know that we will be like him, for we will see him as he really is. And all who have this eager expectation will keep themselves pure, just as Christ is pure. We can do that, amen? With the help of the Holy Spirit, we can do that. Praise God. Let's go before the Lord in prayer, brothers and sisters, if we can bow our heads in reverence to our almighty and wonderful God.
Dear Heavenly Father, we love you. Christ, we adore thee. We exalt your holy name. We thank you for your name. The Bible says that the righteous can run into it and be safe. That it's a strong tower, the name of Jesus. It's a high tower. And Lord, we call upon that name every day. Jesus. Thank you for that wonderful, beautiful name. Jesus. Lord, we ask today that you will accept our thanksgiving for the beautiful weather you're giving us. We need the rain. The flowers need the rain. We need the rain. Rain is seen as a blessing from God. And Lord, we just thank you. Woke up this morning, heard the birdies twittering as the rain fell upon them. They weren't crying because they were getting wet. They knew this was much-needed nourishment and blessings from God. Father, help us to realize also, when it gets a little rainy out there in life, to know that you are still our glowing sun and that you are still shining down upon us, even through the clouds. And you will appear to us once again in radiance glory. So we should never doubt your presence, your love, and your purpose in our life. Father, please accept our asking you to forgive our sins, those of omission, commission, so many things we should have done that we haven't done. And Lord, we ask in the name of Jesus that you will just hear our pleas today. Know, dear God, we have people in our congregation and throughout this nation, the world, who are sick. They need healing. So many with cancer, dear God. Oh, Lord, we pray that you will just take it away along with COVID. Heal us up, dear God. We know there's nothing too hard for you to do. We pray and seek and ask for healing, Lord. We feel your presence here, oh God, and we reach out to touch the hem of your precious garment, Jesus, with its healing power being infused into our lives. Dear Lord, we just ask in Jesus' name that you'll bless our children in our congregation and our senior center, and we ask, dear God, that you will help us all to Live that pure light we just read about. To walk worthy, as Paul said, of our calling. Help us with the help of your Holy Spirit to be the very best we can be. To affect the world of our light and our assault capacity to its very best. Jesus said we are the light of the world. He's the big light. We're the little light. Help us to reflect him in every thought, word, and deed. Having said this in a while, let me say it today. Father, let the words of our mouths and the meditations of our heart, let them be acceptable in thy sight, dear God. For you, Lord, and you alone are our strength. You are our redeemer. And for that, we thank you. We give you all the honor and all the glory in the mighty, awesome name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and our Savior. Amen and amen. You may be seated. God bless. Hey CGC family, I'm Casey, and here's this week's news. It's not too early to start thinking about Father's Day. Last year, we were not able to host our popular car show, but this year it's back. Sunday, June 20th is the day, so make plans now to join us for worship on that day and hang around to see some really cool cars. Our Saturday bike ride at the CND Canal Trail is back as well. Stop by our Welcome Center or our website for more info. Most of us have the opportunity to care for our clothing through washing to make it last a long time. When it gets worn out, we just replace it. Homeless men and women don't have that chance, especially when it comes to underwear. 
So our church is partnering with Sunday Breakfast Mission for Operation Carewear. Your gift of new undergarments for men, women, and children of all sizes are needed to better serve those who come to the mission. We will be collecting these items now through the end of April. Our men's softball team is gearing up for another season. It's a great way to have fellowship and get to know other men in the church. The team is open to guys age 15 and over. We ask that you attend a minimum of three services each month, in person or online, to be eligible. Games are two nights per week. If you are interested, call or text Jason Van Allen at 302-545-9742 or email him at cstonesoftball at gmail.com. For more information on these and other events, visit our website at ctcde.church or go to our Facebook page. If you need prayer, you can call the Bear Campus office at 302-836-2862 or the Ellesmere Campus office at 302-998-4584. You can also email us at prayer at ctcde.church. Or if you are worshiping online, you can click the Request Prayer button at the bottom of your screen. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Instagram. God bless you and have a great week. This is a beautiful day, is it not? God made it, and all we have to do is rejoice and be glad in it. Wow, could not ask for more. So we're so happy that you're here, and whether you're in the room physically or if you're joining us in our online congregation, we welcome you. On your table, you will find a Connect card And if you're seated at a chair, there's also a Connect card there. If you're online, there is a Connect button. And the whole purpose of the Connect button is it gives us an opportunity to connect with you, to know who you are. On that card or on the tab, you may also write prayer request. And what's so powerful about the prayer request that you you submit is that during the week, Staff, pastors, pray for you. Pray for your needs. They take your needs to the Lord. And one thing that we know about God, he is faithful and just, and his word is unchanging. If we offer prayers to him, he's, the Bible tells us that he hears them. So that's very good. If you're new here today, and you're in the room, after service, we ask that you stop at the Welcome Center. The Welcome Center is located out of the doors to your left. Either one of our pastors will meet with you or one of our trained staff members will meet with you and give you a special welcome. If you're new here and you're online, there's a New Here button that we ask that you click, and during the week, someone will reach out to you and welcome you in a very special way. As we transition now to the time of giving, on your table or at your chair, there is an offering envelope. If you're online, there is a give button. One very thing that I love about giving back to God is that God does so much for us that it's just an example, just a, 
a demonstration of our stewardship to give back a portion to him of what he has given to us. And what we do with the things that we steward, we reach out to agencies in our community and support them in many ways, many ways unseen. I remember once I was at a breakfast and the breakfast just said Christ the cornerstone. And um, Pastor Layman from the Sunday breakfast mission came over and said, make sure you tell your pastor, thank you. Your church gave us 35 mattresses. So that's 35 places where people who don't have a home could rest their head at night comfortably. That's God. That's God. Hallelujah, Jesus. So we give God the glory for these things. But what we do is we put our hands and feet behind it so that people who might otherwise not know God sees him through us. So on that note, we ask that you give cheerfully because God loves a cheerful giver. And if you would stand with me now as we pray over the offering. Thank you, Heavenly Father, for this beautiful day, the beautiful day that you have made. We, Lord, we love the rain because you know why? It nourishes the grass and the trees and the plants that you created so that we could enjoy the beauty in them. So we thank you for this rainy Sunday where we get to come into your house and worship you. So we'll sing songs and we'll praise the Lord who is our creator, our Lord, our Redeemer. And Father, we give you offerings so that they can be used in very tangible ways in this world. So we ask, Lord, that you accept our offering, that it's pressed down, that it's shaken together and stirred until it's running over so that we can be what you called us to be, light, salt of the earth. So we thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. If you would remain standing as we continue in worship. He is a mighty God. Amen. There is no one else but him. Lord, we lift up praise to you today. The wind is watching every gesture of your hand. Waves of in your command I know tomorrow when the pressure rushes in you'll be there to rescue me
It doesn't matter what you're going through today. He is a mighty God. Amen? He is the everlasting Father, the Prince of Peace. He's right here with us. We sing about that at Christmas time. His name is Emmanuel. He is right here. Wherever we are. God, we welcome you. Holy Spirit, we welcome you today. Jesus, we welcome you into this place today. Move among us. Make us new. See you with us. You are here. Moving in our midst, I 
way where there seems to be no way, a place where there are streams in the desert, a place where He makes a way for us in the wilderness. Wherever we are this morning, He is there with us. There is no place we can go that we are beyond His touch. There's no place we can go that He is beyond our reach. We are beyond even if we don't see it, even if we don't feel it. Oh, we thank you, Lord. We thank you, Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. We thank you that you are working. I'll see it, even if. Even when I don't see it. and sisters. Is that who he is to you? Is he your way maker? Promise keeper? Praise God. He's all that and more. Amen. That's the God we serve. Hallelujah, Jesus. Thank you for being that. Our God is able, brothers and sisters, to do all that and more. And even when we don't see him working, is that the words? Even when we don't see him working, he's still on the job. He's still in control. That's our God. Let's go before him humbly, faithfully, lovingly, trustingly, in prayer. Only before the throne of grace. Where the Apostle Paul says we can achieve mercy and find grace to help us in our times of need. If you're needy, raise your hand. God, I'm real needy today. A lot of hands up. Praise God. Let's bow our head in reference, please. Dear Heavenly Father, mm, Lord, we feel your presence here today. Your Shekinah glory is throughout this building. What a joy, what an honor to be in the holy presence of God, his manifest presence. Lord, thank you. Thank you for this day. Thank you for blessing us with another opportunity 
to be in your divine presence where there is fullness of joy, the Bible says. And you will show us the pathways of life. Father, we ask that you just help us today. Lead us to the place where we can hear what you want to say to us today, dear God. As you speak to us, dear God, through the mighty man of God you've put over this church, Pastor, Dr. Reverend, doesn't like me to say that, but that's what it is. Pastor Frederick, we just ask that you will bless him. Pastor Roger has studied long and hard throughout the week. I've seen him through into the night studying this word in his office, and then we talked about it. He's got a great message. We know it's from you, dear God. We heard it last night. I hope he doesn't change too much because it was excellent. Fill him, dear God, with the overflowing of your Holy Ghost and your precious anointing. Use him mightily, dear God. Keep blessing him, Lord. Bless his precious wife, our first lady, Sister Carolyn. Bless his children, dear God. We ask in the name of Jesus that you will just strengthen him as he carries the mighty load that is upon him for both our churches, him and Pastor Sharon and Pastor Bill with the wonderful worshiping endeavor that he's doing. And Lord, we just ask that your wonderful, holy, presence be upon everything we do. We want to please you, dear God. We want no confusion, O Lord. But that is not your calling card. We want peace. Dear God, we want to please you. But there the blessing is. You say it is pleasant to you when brethren come together in unity. And that there you command your blessings and even life forevermore. Lord, we want to please you in unity and love. This we humbly ask in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. And amen. Praise God. You may be seated. Good morning. Before we, before we get into the, uh, uh, the, the, the bumper music that leads us into the sermon, so glad today that we're beginning our children's ministry and uh, that we're, we're starting that. This is Tony. Tony uh, Rayfield is the, our director of children's ministry. And uh, so what we're going to do, our new format as we're getting back together is we want the families to come and worship together here in this space, sing the songs together, pray together and be a family together. And then at this time, just before we get into the message, we're going to dis- allow the children to go with Tony and uh, that we have you have to wear masks just like the do- you do at school. If you don't have one, Tony's got one that you can use, etc. But um, this is just wanted you to meet Tony. And at this time, while the next music is playing, the children who want to go with Tony to various classes can go do that. So thank you all. Thank you, Tony. Lead us with our children. Now we can roll the bumper music. The Gospels tell us a lot about the character of Jesus through its descriptive terms. We see him as teacher, healer, redeemer, savior, messiah. But the busyness of life and the cares of this world threaten to crowd all that out and make it seem like just a huge jumbled mess. When we truly invite Jesus to guide our lives and our thoughts, he'll show us who he really is. Mark my words. Mark my words. And uh, so glad that we're starting this new series this morning called Mark, Mark My Words, going through the study, uh, studying the book of Mark and hearing messages about the book uh, of Mark. 
The book of Mark is divided into what I divided in in my own study. uh, As I read the book of Mark, I'm dividing it into two sections. The first section answers the question, who is Jesus? And the second part of the book of Mark answers the question, what is what is life with Jesus like? How does Jesus want to live? What does Jesus model for us? So we're beginning this series that will take us a long time to get through the book of Mark. We'll make them very interesting so the series doesn't get boring. But uh, all my sermons are never boring. That's absolutely correct. (laughs) Snicker, laughter, a little bit. Not so much. Get off the stage, Roger. Keep going. <laughs> um, so today we're starting it uh, asking the question, who is Jesus? And we're going to answer that question with a one word answer from each chapter. So today's answer to the question, who is Jesus? The answer is I'll give it, you know, it's an easy test. Awesome. Jesus is Awesome. We're going to look at the book of Mark, chapter 1, today, to see what Jesus does that makes him awesome or amazing. You can say awesome with me. Awesome. Awesome. Jesus is awesome. How do we know that? And how do we experience that? I want to show you a picture before we read the scripture. Here's a picture of a, of a synagogue. This is, a, this is the synagogue in ancient Capernaum. Jesus entered this place, we believe. Isn't that awesome? Awesome. Jesus, Jesus stood here one day. And I want you to experience that. As I read the scripture this morning, I want you to place yourself sitting or standing someplace. Maybe you're one of those people that you're a little bit shy, so you're going to stand behind one of these columns. You you really don't want Jesus to see you. You're just kind of checking things out. I don't really want him to. I'm just going to lean up against this column and uh, listen to Jesus. But maybe some of you, you're a little bit, you, you know Jesus, you love Jesus, you're eager to hear what he says. I don't know if you can see him. Uh, somewhere there's some steps back here. And when Jesus was teaching, he would go and he would sit down on the steps. And that was the place of authority for a teacher. He would sit down on the steps. And when he sat down, that was like him coming behind the podium and saying, now it's time for you to be quiet and listen to me. This was the position of authority for the teacher in those days. And so Jesus, the Bible says to us, let's go to Matthew or Mark chapter one and begin reading this story and his. Oh, wait a minute. I got one more thing before. During that last song, I went to some of the tables here and I passed out some cards. And uh, so you're lucky if I did not give you a set of cards, because what I need the rest of you to do, if you're willing, I don't want to force anybody to do anything that you don't want to do. But if you have a set of cards, I would like you to put on your mask and come and stand beside me. Just three on this side, three on this side. If you're willing to do this, I hope you will, please. And we're going to read this story. And all you got to do, you don't have to say anything. You just got to show your cards at a certain time. OK, so let's see. We got Sue. We got Nathan. Uh, yep. Good. Yay. Maurice is going to come and 
uh, shoot, I never should do this. James, thank you, and Fran, and Rebecca, and oh, there's Maurice. Here we go. We got everybody. Don't ever try to call out people's names from up here because you will instantly forget one of them. But I think we got everybody. All right, everybody start out with your green card. Show your green card first. Now, what I want you to do in this is as we read the scripture, I want to um, kind of see your level of comfort with this story. So as action goes along with the story, I want you to. So green means you're very calm. You're very comfortable. You don't have any. You're very you feel very at ease. Everything's good. But as the story goes, goes on, something is going to happen. And when you feel the tension in you start to rise or the tension in the action begin to rise, change your card to the yellow card as if to say, OK, I'm getting alerted. I'm getting warned now. I'm not quite sure what's going to happen. And so I'm, I'm kind of alert. And then the last card is the red card. And that you when when you get to the point of saying, OK, this is beyond my understanding. I don't get it. I don't know what's happening here. Go to the red card. OK. And those of you out here, those online want you to, to do the same thing as if you had a card, but you don't have one. It's pretty obvious. I like stating the obvious. OK. Mark, chapter one, verses twenty one through twenty eight. And remember, you're placing yourself in Capernaum, in that synagogue. I showed you a picture of the synagogue so you can imagine it. You're there. You're smelling the dust. You're smelling the dirt. You're seeing the marble or the stone columns. You're hearing the little rustling of the robes. And maybe there's a chicken outside that's that's cackling. Do chickens cackle? They do in my world. Crow. Roosters crow. Yeah. Mark 21 says, Jesus and his companions went to the town of Capernaum. When the Sabbath day came, what day did what day is it now? Sabbath day. The Sabbath day is a holy day. It's a day that's set aside for rest, for worship. For come gathering together with brothers and sisters in Christ. We've done that. We're in the in the gathering place. And the word synagogue literally means with other people. We're a gathering. That's what the word synagogue means. It means a gathering of people. So they went. Jesus went into the synagogue and Jesus began to teach. He sat down on the step where the teacher sits. And it says the people were amazed. Some translations might say they were in awe. Because Jesus is what? Awesome. So they were amazed. They were in awe. Because he taught with real authority. Now, this translation says for he taught. But it's the same thing. I, I replaced the word because. And, and that's really what the word for means in this context. Because he taught with real authority. Quite unlike the teachers of the religious law. Everybody calm? Suddenly, a man in the synagogue who was possessed by an evil spirit began shouting, Ah! <laughs> okay, some of us have gone. <laughs> some of us went from green right to red. And he shouted, I'm going to take my mic down again. Why are you interfering? 
Jesus of Nazareth, have you come to destroy us? I know who you are. Good old Maurice over there, still on green. That was a, that was a quote from the, uh, uh, the Beauty and the Beast. Good old Maurice. <laughs> crazy, old, crazy old Maurice. I know who you are. You're the Holy One of God. And Jesus cut him short and said, Be quiet! Come out of that man! He ordered. And at that, the evil spirit screamed. I love doing that. I love doing that. And threw the man into a convulsion. And and then came out of him. Amazement gripped the audience. And they began to discuss what happened. What, what, what was that about? What, I, I'm so scared. What, I don't know. And Maurice, why aren't you scared? Why aren't you alerted by this? Okay, that's fine. What sort of teaching is this, they said. It has such authority... Even the evil spirits disobey his orders. And news about Jesus spread quickly throughout the entire region. Thank you, everybody, for playing along. You okay? We're going to calm down a little bit. Go back to green. Going to debrief. Take a big breath. Okay. You can leave your cards right here on the platform, if you would, please. And thank you for participating in that. Thank you, everybody online, for for, for kind of role-playing in your own mind, being in that setting. Now let's talk about what's happening in this story of Jesus. It ended with amazement, awe. The people were in awe of Jesus. Because something amazing happened. Now in our world today... We have taken out, and this is something that we need to understand, not all cultures of the world have done what we have done in America. And one of the things that we've done in our Western culture is to dismiss almost everything that we don't understand. And we say, well, it doesn't exist if I don't know it. It doesn't exist if I can't measure it. It doesn't exist if I can't smell it, taste it, hear it, feel it. I don't believe it. But just because we can't see things or we can't measure things doesn't mean they don't exist. There are many cultures around the world that still believe in spiritual things, even though they may not be Christian. And, and it's, this is part of the human experience. That, and philosophers have, have called this the phenomenal world. It's beyond what is within our own understanding. I believe that we have to recognize this. Things still happen, even though with all of our sciences, we are able to explain very many things that even 50 years ago, perhaps even 25 years ago, we could not explain them. And so I'm glad for science. I'm glad for people who, who, who learn the things of this world. So that we can understand really God's creation. There's, there's nothing that science does that doesn't look into God's world. So it's good for us to become scientists. 
and to look to see what God's created and understand it. But even that, there still are things beyond the understanding of the sciences that are very real and still exist. I had a conversation with, I was working on my doctorate, had a conversation, I needed some help. I was trying to find a a research um, method. That's one of the things you got to do when I was trying to, and I, and I had to, I had to found a re, find a research method for my project that worked, and 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 it related to anthropology. And so I called the local university, a school that I did not attend, and and because the school that I was attending was 900 miles away, and I wanted to talk to somebody who had done other research, and so I called the anthropology department of this uh, school, and I said talked with a man and I said, this is who I am. This is what I want to do. I want to I want to research this this effect. And here's the method that I have seen. And I want to talk to you about using that method in research because other researchers, other scientists have used this method. And he said to me over the phone, he says, sir, I am a scientist and what you are doing is not real science. I thought, wait a minute. I thought scientists would have a more open mind than just looking at science with these parameters and anything beyond that isn't possible. But isn't science also supposed to look for things that are outside of our, our understanding? of? That's why we do science, isn't it? So that we can understand what we don't already understand. But if we're already looking at things in our own perspective, in our own understanding, we're not going to discover something new. Because we already know it. So he dismissed me. (laughs) I said, thank you for your time. And I went on with another scientist. With other people who knew that method and could help me use that method to, to accomplish what I wanted to accomplish with with that. We, we, we have to recognize that there are things beyond our understanding that cause us to have awe. And that's what Jesus has done to the people here today. I do believe that there are spiritual beings, there are spiritual things that happen in and around us. And I'm not going to spiritualize everything. And a lot of my training has explained a lot of things, either emotionally or psychologically or religiously or in relationships and things like that. And we know a lot of things, but we still don't know everything about it. So it's possible that what we don't understand can still cause mental illness, sickness, and it might be a spiritual thing. And I don't think we're giving justice to our lives if we absolutely and totally ignore the spiritual things. I'm not saying ignore the, the science. Absolutely not. Because that gives us tremendous understanding and instruction. I think of John Wesley, who in the 1700s uh, wrote a book. John Wesley was a founder of the Methodist movement that, that spanned around the world. And in 1735, somewhere around that, he wrote, he wrote a book about he, a, a medical book. He was a he was a priest in the Anglican Church and he wrote a medical book called A Primitive Physic. That was his way of of saying this is how you take care of your body. 
And it was very simple remedies for staying healthy. And he he was listening to the sciences, but he was also listening to Scripture in it. And, it, and, and I have, if you want to see a copy of that book, it's really kind of funny. Some of the remedies that he says are, are actual things that actually happen. But we can explain why it happens today. He couldn't explain why it happens in his day. But now science has advanced so that we can. That's all good. It's all part of God's world. And if you're one of those people, that young people, that wants to be a scientist and people, you get into debate about evolution or whatever, eh, just keep going. Just keep learning about God's creation and trusting in God. Become the scientist that God wants you to become. Anyway, back to my thing. That was a we're talking about recognizing the awesomeness of the world that God has created. And this encounter happened inside the synagogue. That's something as we look at this passage, we want to realize that that this happened inside the place where God meets with his people. A lot of people think that I can't go into the church because I'm a sinner. I'm not perfect. The church is for perfect people. Anybody here want to admit that the church is for just perfect people? I'm so glad none of you are raising your hand. I can't see what you're doing online. (laughs) But the church is not for perfect people and the church is filled with imperfect people. Anybody here not perfect? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you, Jesus, that we're all welcome in this place, this gathering. I'm going to say it, this synagogue, this gathering of people. And within that gathering of people, this evil spirit was present in the person of of this man who was there. And it created awe. And... Jesus commanded this spirit. It's interesting that Jesus speaks to the spirit, not to the man. Notice also that the man was not cast out of the synagogue. The spirit was cast out of the synagogue. The man was loved. The man was kept within the community. The man was not shunned. The man was not excommunicated. He was kept. The people didn't kick him out, figuratively or literally. But the Spirit was commanded by Jesus to go. What was the real thing that caused awe among the people? It says it in verse 22, if you still have your Bible open. It wasn't that the, 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 the man was or that the spirit was commanded to leave and left. I mean, that was the result of what really ca- created the awe that people have. So what was it about Jesus that created the awe in the people? And we see the, the first hint of it we get is in verse 22 before he even gets to realizing that there's an evil spirit in this place. Let me read verse 22 again. The people were amazed at his teaching. Why? Because he taught with authority. 
And this verse says real authority. Now, wait a minute. What's real authority? Isn't authority authority? What, what is fake authority? This word in the, in the ancient language is really one word. And it's, it's, a, it's a compound word. I apologize for going into the Greek. It's, it's a compound word, but I think it will make sense to you when I explain it. The word in the Greek language, the original written language of the Bible, is exousia. In a few minutes, I used the word excommunication. And excommunicate means to put out or come out from the community. Excommunity. So we understand this prefix, ex. It means out of or no longer part of. When you get a divorce, you have an (laughs) ex-spouse. Many of us know what that means. All right. So in this in this Greek word, exousia, we have this compound word that says X. What we got? There we go. And I'm messing up my thing and it's fine. Exousia authority. Go on, Rich, with the next uh, things. So we have authority equals out of one's existence. Now, the next X, this is what it looks like in the Greek. These are English letters that give us the Greek sounds. X means out of. And then ousia, the root of this word ousia, is the verb to be or to exist. And we have those words in our English language. The word is, is our to be word, our basic to be word. This table is here. This table exists. Roger is Roger. Roger exists. So authority is something that comes out of Jesus' very existence. In other words, just because Jesus is, he has authority. I'm going to take another little tangent here and remind you that you were created in the image of God. Just as Jesus created in the image of God, out of his being comes the authority. And just because you exist, you have power and authority. Don't let anybody take that away from you. We call it human dignity in our language. And you matter. You're important just because you exist. Keep that in your head. And God created us with importance. Jesus' authority is derived from his very existence. I want to jump to John, the book of John, chapter 1, to bring this, to bring this home. And Jesus' authority, which is awesome. I mean, we've all been in circumstances where we have seen people who have authority. We've all experienced that. We live in a country that is ruled by law. And we have to submit to the authority of the police. I was just talking with a, one of our members about a friend of hers who's, who's caught in a situation where the, 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 it's, it's kind of sketchy. And the law is prosecuting because that's what the law does. And, and, and there, there seems to be some unfairness in some ways about how the law is being applied. But the law has no mercy, no grace. It just has power. It just has authority. But so do we. 
So we've been in situations where we've experienced somebody with authority, real authority, like a parent to a child. And and those of us who who have uh, have or have had or raised teenagers have experienced something like this. The teenager decides I'm going I don't want to do what mom and dad want me to do, so I'm not going to do it. There's some kind of accountability that comes. Why didn't you do what I said you to do? Well, because I, I didn't think I need to. I think I should be able to make my own decisions. No, I, I think that you should, you should go, go this way. Well, why do you think that? And so the excuses, Michael, because it's good for you. And, and so you go through this time of reasoning, trying to help the child and help the relationship. You, go, you get through this reason because it's good for you. Because it keeps peace in our household. Because we all live here together. We all use the same kitchen together. We all need to clean after each other or what the issue might be. We need to help each other. This is part of living together. And it, and it makes peaceful relationships when we do these things. I still don't want to do it, Mom. Or Dad. Okay. I don't care if you want to do it. Just do it. Well, who do you think you are? I am your father. <laughs> Right? Why? Where does that authority come from? It comes from the the reality that you exist as a father. And you didn't have any... It wasn't you who brought this person into the world. It It was God's creation. Because of God's creation, you were able to bring this about. And you have the responsibility to, to raise this child in a godly way. And you're doing your best. But as all things happen, children rebel against their parents. Who do you think you are? I'm your father. <laughs> and so the authority comes. And even, even as adults, I remember in my own relationship with, with my mom, my mom and dad moved in with me um, for about five years nearing uh, as they were unable to care for themselves and live by themselves they lived with me and my wife and my my kids for about 5 years and that put a great strain on my relationship with my mother and I, when i was younger i was a mama's boy when i got married i left my mom, my mother and father and I, I i cleaved to my wife carolyn became the most important woman in my life oof Trying to help mom understand what that means. So when mom moved back in with me, mom still wanted to be mom because she still was mom. And my job in that was to respect mom. But in respecting mom, I still had to respect my wife. How do we work this out? And so there was conflict. And I had to say to my mom, Mom, This woman has all my allegiance. I am your child, and I do respect you, but she's the one. I think the way I put it was she's the queen of this house. (laughs) Oh, thank God my mother was a graceful woman. And she had to recognize That my identity as a husband changed my relationship to her and my identity as her son. But the authority was because of who I am. I am a husband 
And this is my task as a husband. I am a child. Mom, I still respect you. We're going to do this because of who we are and the authority we have because of it. Jesus' authority. What gave him such authority? So we go to the book of John and we read this in the very first chapter. And I'm going to skip through a couple of these verses and I'll help you uh, know what verse I'm on. Beginning with verse 1 of chapter 1, we read this. In the beginning, the Word already existed. The Word was with God and the Word was God. I know this is odd language and it's a bit mysterious, but that's why I prefaced it by saying, come on, we need to be willing to see things and realize things that are beyond our understanding because they do exist still. He existed. Okay, now this word has a personal pronoun. He. He existed in the beginning. Who's he talking about this? He, this word. God created everything through him and nothing was created except through him. Okay, so he's continuing with this personal pronoun. This is a person he's talking about. It's not an it. This is a person. And the word, the word, he gave life to everything that was created and his life brought light to everyone. The light shines in the darkness and the darkness can never extinguish it. We're going to jump to verse 14. And so the word became human. Oh, that explains the he, because we as humans are persons and require personal pronouns if we're not using our name. And so the word became human and made his home among us. He was full of unfailing love and faithfulness, and we have seen his glory, the glory of the Father's one and only Son. He is the Son of God the Father. Verse 15 says, John testified about him who... When he shouted to the crowds, this is the one I was talking about when I said someone is greater than me coming after me. Verse 16 says, from his abundance, we have all received one gracious blessing after another. This word, this hymn, this person, the son of God has come to bless us and continues to bless us, not condemn us. Remember, it was the evil spirit that was cast out. Not the person. For the law was given through Moses, but God's unfailing love and faithfulness. Remember, there is no mercy in the law. There's no grace in the law. But God's unfailing love and faithfulness came through Jesus Christ. Ah, we had to go. We had to go 17 verses before we finally get a name. (laughs) But we got it. No one has ever seen God, but the unique one who is himself God is near to the Father's heart, and he has revealed God to us. Let me introduce you to somebody. My friend, Jesus. Who is Jesus, you ask? (laughs) Jesus is awesome. Jesus is awesome. Just because he is. And I'm inviting you simply to come and meet Jesus. 
on your own, under your own will, because He is awesome. And I'm not going to sugarcoat everything. Jesus is awesome, and what Jesus asks us to do as we follow Him is not always easy. In fact, most of the time, it will be the hardest thing you ever do. But in Jesus' awesomeness, He will come into you so that His authority becomes your authority. You already have human dignity. Now let Jesus come into you and fill your human dignity with His divine authority. And you're awesome. You can do awesome things. And the body of Christ exists to be awesome in this world. And we can do that when we give ourselves to be filled with His presence. Let me introduce you to Jesus. He's awesome. Come and meet Him today. As we conclude, as we finish our service today, I invite you, if you want to, just say a simple prayer. Jesus I don't know what he's talking about. But I see the awesomeness of you. Just maybe not only in this story, but maybe I've heard people talk about your awesomeness and I just haven't gotten it quite. Jesus, would you show me how awesome you are? Show me in a personal way. Jesus, forgive my sins. And let me know that my sin is forgiven. The guilt of them is gone. Free me. Free me from this addiction. Heal me. Heal my child. Heal so-and-so. Jesus, show us your awesomeness. Not in then I will trust in you, but Jesus, I'm just going to trust in you and let you show your awesomeness to me. Will you do that today? Our platform area is open. You can come and pray if you want. Others will come and pray with you. We've got prayer stations here. If you don't want to come and hear, kneel here, others will pray with you. Daniel's going to turn that candle on. I mean, light that candle. Is it lit? Get, get, your, get your match out. Excellent. Let's take time. I invite you to stand with me here if you're in the room. Let's sing together. Let's pray together. And let's meet Jesus together.
go with us this week, every single day, every place that we go. May we reflect your love, the people that we come in contact with, in Jesus' precious name, and everybody said, amen. God bless you. Thank you for worshiping with us, worshiping online. God bless you. Have a great week. We'll see you next week. It's your breath in our lungs, so we pour